Blog Talk Radio. It's a gridiron stud show and a promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Talamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here. Talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts. Amel and Chad with your breakfast toast. Your breakfast toast is here after we're done dicking around with Blog Talk Radio. Uh, technical issues, as is commonplace with Blog Talk Radio. But we love them, though. They allow us to bring this show to you. It's Chad Wilson. It's Amo Calamino. It's 10.04. I need to stress that. 10.04 a.m., and we're kicking things off here on a Football Friday edition. Amo, how's your weekend so far? Weekend? What are you starting yeah, your weekend the, Thursday night? You still in college or something? Yeah, I'm in college. It started Thursday night with a couple of wine coolers. No, I don't drink. But nevertheless, <laughs> um, it's Friday and it's a football Friday. I kick off the weekend with football Friday show that we do here every weekend. So how is your weekend? My weekend's so starting so well because because you know why? It's starting. That's Please. the key. You know, any weekends are like pizza. You know, you know how they say there's really no such thing as horrible pizza i mean even the worst pizza you still like that's the way i feel uh, about the weekend i live in florida man there's such thing as bad pizza okay oh yeah you, you know what i've heard some stories the about Northeast. the pizza down there by the way oh yeah i mean there's places you know there's some some uh new yorkers that have fled the apple that come down here and can make some great pizza but amongst amongst those are those who can really mess up a pizza hard to believe as that is nevertheless so much to get to in the show today. Emil and I are going to preview both the NFL and college football weekend that's been laid out there for you. This includes making our weekly picks on both college and NFL and also going to talk a little bit of fantasy football for you folks out there because fantasy is a big deal. So we're going to have the FanDuel fantasy football focus here on the Gridiron Stud Show today. So we are going to be sure to do that. And then later on in the second hour, I'm going to talk high school football with Joshua Wilson from Florida HS Football Dot com Also talk Gators football with Gator Country, Nick Delatore. Going to talk a little bit of Florida State football with Safid Dean from the Orlando Sentinel. And then I myself am going to talk about the University of Miami Hurricanes in their matchup this weekend against Appalachian State. It's somewhat of the first real game that the Canes are going to play, and uh, we'll talk about that to close out the show today. But two are you already edging a game against Appalachian State? Listen, all right, um, we got some jokers out there that, you know, love to take shots at the University of Miami, and why not? Because we've got five rings. I mean, that's worthy of being uh, shot count at. That, One, two, uh, three, four, about, five. Yeah, five. Count them up, okay? Florida State, Florida, whoever else wants to talk about it, count them up. Five, okay? All right, bring yours, and we'll see what we got here. But nevertheless, they're talking about how uh, Miami fans might be a little concerned about Appalachian State. Appalachian State's a good football team, okay? And in this day and age, 
uh, where the talent is spread out and we've got the Internet and guys aren't really so willing to go back people up at one of the Power Five conferences. The talent is more spread out now in college football than uh, ever before. So that lends itself to upsets from schools like this. And we've already seen a few already this year. Louisiana Tech going in and getting a win in the SEC against Mississippi State. Um, and there's been several others. Appalachian State themselves almost pulled off uh, an upset win at Rocky Top. Okay, so you guys can say all you want. Um, Houston beat the living pants off of Florida State in a bowl game. Okay, who would have ever seen that coming? So you Seminole fans out there can uh, put the shut to the up. Appalachian State, real football Wow, team, someone got under your game. skin early this morning, didn't they now? Oh, man, Florida State fans, especially the ones that reside on Twitter, are the biggest pack of numbskulls you'll ever see in your life. Just really talk out of a hole that's not located in their face. They do that quite often. So just here They're to good at it? Throw they, that they've, got that, they've got that down pat, huh? They blow a lot of wind out of a hole and uh, call that talking or, you know, good sense or whatever the hell qualifies as good sense up there in Tallahassee. Nevertheless, uh, so much to get to today. There were some football games last night. Rex Ryan, man of proclamation, big statements, big bold moves. He he had a couple of really interesting press conferences earlier this week where loud, bold statements were made. Uh, they were very quiet on the field last night. Emil, did you happen to notice um, – Ryan Fitzpatrick make his case for the Hall of Fame last night in that game. I mean, you mean, you mean as, he, as, he, as he lit up, as he lit up the Bills defense. Oh my God! You know, and I think someone in the Bills secondary, I'm not sure, said that the Bills had the best secondary in all of the NFL. That was not apparent anywhere in the game that I saw last night. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 24 of 34, 374 yards. Uh, Brandon Marshall got 100 yards. Eric Decker, you get 100 yards. Anua, you get 92 yards. I mean, for God's sake. I had 40. Did you see me there? Did you see me in the uh, box? Yeah. Let, I caught look that slam pattern. It was late. For God's sakes, everything was open. I, the, it was very horrible um, technique. And you know what I noticed, too, in last night's game? Uh, Matt Forte looks like a pretty good pickup for the Jets. I typically don't like Running backs this late in their career going somewhere else, it usually means a uh, whole hum, a quiet end to their career. Matt Forte looks like a nice addition to this offense. I don't know what you saw there. No, no, he does. He, well, he's, he's versatile in that he doesn't have to run for 1,500 yards to help. He catches the ball in the backfield. He's a pretty good blocker, blitz pickup. I mean, he's, he's pretty much an all-around back. And like I said last show, the Jets, for some reason, have had success with a lot of guys – in their early 30s at that position. For some reason, they use I don't know if they use them the right way or if it's just dumb luck, but it seems to work out for them. You did say that uh, when we talked about this game earlier in the week, so kudos to you on that. And here's another one, yet another one, that they seem to are going to be able to get uh, quite a bit out of. So nevertheless, the Jets, 37-31 over the Buffalo Bills. In college football, you had Houston taking on Cincinnati. Now, Emil, the final score was 40-16, to 16, and that would lead you to believe, if you didn't happen to watch the game, that this was just a one-sided affair and it was Houston being Houston. It was not that. This game was nip and tuck all the way through, and uh, you just the final part of the game, you had back-to-back pick sixes, I believe with uh, you know under two or three minutes left in the game, that kind of broke it open at the end to give you that ugly final. Uh, but, you know, this wasn't, at all that kind of game. And when you look at it from a from a you know, if you well, took that Cincinnati Oklahoma last game night. early, that that could be something that in the end, if, if they don't get their heads right about them, could hurt 
Houston as the season goes on because, you know, they took out a top-five team first game of the season. Now they've got to go through this conference, which isn't going to have a lot of sexy matchups for them. And if they don't come to play every week, you know, they're going to find a loss somewhere on that schedule, which they shouldn't, and that will be the end of that dream that they have. Yep. Um, It's going to be a little bit of a challenge for someone who – went through and had a really great regular season and got to a bowl game last year to try and stay focused during the regular season and get to and get to the end without, you know, messing up. You know, I don't know if Houston is good enough yet to sleepwalk through a game and just win it anyway. So we'll just, just you know, have to see every, about You know how we always, we always try to figure out these conferences and who's where and what and all that stuff? You know, there's some, there's some glaring things that I – I just don't understand. Like a team like Houston, to me, is obviously, I think, a perfect fit. I don't know how you could argue with the Big Twelve, right? And I think that's going to happen, Emil. Um, yeah, else really I mean, makes sense. You know, and I got another one for you that's been bugging me. You know, BYU is an independent, right? Mm-hmm. I, the other day, I'm looking at the Pac-12, and I'm saying, my God, for the life of me. Why is Colorado in the Pac-12? Why, why, why? Okay, BYU would be such a nice fit in that conference in the South Division. Playing Utah every year, you'd have three natural rivals, Arizona, Arizona State, those two, and USC, UCLA. Why, why, why do we have Colorado in the Pac-12? Help me with Well, that. do we know, though, if you know BYU was even asked to be in there? Perhaps they were asked and, and, and declined, you know, for all we know. I could see BYU doing something like that. So oh, sure. They, why, why would they decline? So they could be on their own TV network? They're not Notre Dame. They, they should run yeah, the but opportunity. Yeah, it's BYU. Okay, it's BYU. They, they, you know, they might make decisions that none of us understand. You understand what I mean? So, uh, you like my logic, go, though? Doesn't that, doesn't that make a nicer conference if you slide out Colorado and slip in BYU? It does, but but I will say this: Colorado has been in a in in one of those Power Five top conferences type things. So just you know, um, cosmetically, Colorado would seem like a better fit because they've played big boy football before, albeit it was quite some time ago. When you start pulling BYU, it's that whole Mountain West WAC conference type of thing that you went and did, and so it might be hard for people to stomach that also there's uh there's an attendance and and television draw all that other true. stuff that they've got to true you want that into. denver area you want that denver area in your in your uh tv blueprint and you've already got utah's area because of utah so i got you i'm with you yeah i know there's i know there's things that go on behind the scenes there that uh maybe us as in in the general public don't necessarily pick up on that uh, go into making these decisions with regards to who's going to be in a conference. And so for me, though, Houston seems rather logical, especially if they're going to play like this, to be in the Big 12. They need two more teams. They need two teams to join this conference, right? Well, even if they're not going to play like this, it doesn't matter because Kansas barely plays at all, and they leave them in the conference. Uh, (laughs) uh, This is right. Uh, who else, though, uh, aside from Houston, an obvious choice, would you add to the Big 12? Well, and, and, you know, hear me out here. I have nothing to base this on except I think if you added Houston, if I was the Big 12, my first call would be try to convince Nebraska to come back. Hmm. I, I don't think if you're so Nebraska. siphon them out of the Big 10 that has 12 teams. 
and uh, well, lure them back. The Big Ten the, has 14 the... teams, first of all. They can go find another team like Pitt or whoever else they want to steal. But what I'm telling you is if I'm Nebraska, I'm not really thrilled with the Big Ten. There's First of all, the conference they're in, eh, I mean, the they side of that division. Network. They Who? do split revenue from that. Yeah, I understand that, and I understand. I think if the Big 12 adds two teams, they'd eventually go for a network, too. All I'm telling you is if you're a football person in Nebraska, you're not guaranteed Michigan, Ohio State, and Michigan State every year in your schedule because they're on the other side of the conference, so that's rotating. Your side is rather boring. I mean, there's not a lot of – I mean, just like you always say at Miami, how stoked up could a guy who's lived through all the heyday of Nebraska football be – when the Minnesota Golden Gophers are coming in. True. Very, very true about that. Um, so, you know, I mean, you look, yeah, you I mean, look you at make that a Big case 12, for Nebraska, I just Houston. don't see. How cool is Nebraska, though, in the Big 12? They go back to playing the Texases, the Oklahomas. I mean, TCU's good now. Baylor. I mean, that man, I just see them as a better fit there. But, hey, who am I? Just some guy. Uh, I'm blocked theoretically. Theory, hey, listen, in theory, that is great. It would be nice to see uh, Nebraska back in there playing those type of games against those opponents. They do seem like a fish out of water in some of these conference games that they're playing in the Big Ten. So it would be nice. I just don't know about them conference hopping like that. It would be horish. Well, I mean, you, come on. These people, in college sports today, they're all whores. We know it's all about the money. You hit the nail on the head, they share revenue. So it would really be a financial decision, not something that someone like me comes up with, which says, uh, you really don't fit. I mean, I look at the Big Ten, and I still can't figure out. I mean, I'm not even going to go to Notre Dame. We know why Notre Dame's not in a conference, and that's not happening anytime soon with their TV deal. But to me, Pitt is the perfect fit in that Big Ten. I mean, they played Penn State. Uh, they're in western Pennsylvania, which really, for those of you who aren't good at geography, you can drive across to Cleveland from where they are. I mean, they're right next to Ohio. That would be a, a natural rivalry with Penn State, Ohio State. I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't see Pitt in any way, shape, or form fitting into the ACC. But, again. Yeah, well. <laughs> So be it. Now, that's what we got. We need to jump into some picks, man, and get right into this thing because, again, it is a jam-packed edition of Football Friday here on the Gridiron Stud Show. So we're going to run into a break. When we get out of the break, it's college football time. We're going to preview the matchups and give you some picks here on the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll be right back right after this. Wicked, 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 wicked. Wicked tones, you know. What? You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills, and in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. 
Are you a property owner or want to be one, but you don't have time for property management? Then get an MVP on your team. Who has time for the letting process, for arranging inventories and organizing pre-tenancy cleaning, dealing with deposit negotiation and negotiating with service suppliers and maintenance? No one's got time for that. MVP does, though. Get this MVP on your team. You can rely on MVP Property Management to offer you an extreme amount of quality and professional services for your money. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a professionalized service to each and every one of their clients. So how do you get this MVP on your team? It's simple. Pick up the phone and call right now. 844-696-8722. That's 844-MYMVPCC. Or send an email to info at mymvp.cc. Get this MVP on your team and start winning today. Alright folks, let's talk right now. I'm going to kill your bookmaker. I'm going to rip his throat out. I will blow this man out. I will step on his throat until the man chokes. Let me tell you how. Winners, 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 winners. I'm on a roll. 13-3. 13-3 my last 16 on games of my life. On right, Saturday, two-team NFL parlay over. I felt so far to bed. I knocked him out. I knocked the man out last week. Listen, I will take my hand, knock him out. I will take my hand. You know what I did? I, I know I'm like really mellow today. So what I did is I relaxed during the break. Two espressos. They were beautiful. Matter of fact, they were doubles. Two shots of Zambuca. I am feeling so weird. All right, folks. This is the bottom line. Now listen. You know how some of your friends tell you there's no such thing as a sure thing? There's no locks. There's no guaranteed winners. Forget those people. You know what they are? They are losers. This is a biggie. Six. Ten twenty on the Gridiron Stud Show Football Friday Edition. Abel, did you enjoy the best of Stu Finer right there? I mean, oh yeah, guy, Stu, that is selling you picks. He knocked your man out. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Dude. Man made money hand over fist, acting like a complete jackass on TV and radio each and every week. Fortunately, you don't have that today, but we will be giving you picks here on the Gridiron Stud Show. But before we do that, we got to jump into college football and preview some matchups. I think I'm going to bore people this week with my picks, but uh, boring is not bad if you're winning. So uh, I don't know how much of these big matchups I'm going to jump on this week. Uh, but we do have several of them. It's not like last week where uh, the matchups themselves were quite boring. All right, running through things here. Uh, as we look through the FBS, uh, Miami and Appalachian State, I'm going to say that for later on uh, when I talk Miami Hurricanes football in the second hour. I don't have a pick on this. I don't know if you do, Emil. If you don't, I'll just as soon move on. And uh, Yeah, I, I don't really have a pick on it or a feel for it if you want to be on, let me be honest with you, so. Yeah, well, I don't have a pick, but we'll, you know, talk about it when we talk Miami football, Miami Hurricanes football in the second hour. Uh, Florida State and Louisville, big matchup here. It's bigger than people anticipated coming into the season. No one knew Lamar Jackson was going to be like this. Who could anticipate that? You knew he was a good quarterback, and you knew he had a chance to do some great things, but to come out and, uh, what is he, Emil, uh, uh, like 14 touchdowns he's responsible for already, oh, yeah. 13, 14 touchdowns, uh, really makes this a whole 
new kind of matchup, especially with Florida State running into some injuries right now. Derwin James, the best player on their defense, is out several weeks. Then also uh, getting late word to Josh Sweat, uh, their big-time defensive end and pass rusher, is going to also be on the shelf of this game. So that's two guys on the on the unit that was going to be um, spotlighted here going up against Lamar Jackson. Do you have a pick on this game? What's your thought? Not official pick, but I mean, I, I'm going to say it. I, I, I had to throw something out, but I mean, my gut is Louisville wins this game. Don't, don't ask me why. I just didn't like what I saw early on in the in the uh, Ole Miss game uh, from Florida State. Sure, they fixed it, and you know they ended up winning the game by 11 points. But uh, Louisville right now has a ton of confidence on offense, and I think those injuries could be the difference in this game. Um. I, look, I don't, I'm going to admit I don't have a good feel for this game, especially when odd makers have made Florida State just a one-point favorite in the contest. I don't know if they're trying to trap someone here, lure someone here. My concern, if I'm backing Louisville, Amos, you haven't really played um, competition in your first two games. 70 points on Charlotte. You and I talked about what Charlotte is as a football program. Syracuse is a struggling program. Uh, obviously, they just brought in a brand-new coach this year. They're still trying to get their act together. So now they're going to meet some serious resistance on the defensive side. And then how, what are they going to look like when that happens? And if the offense isn't getting off like they have in these first two games, what does that do for the psyche of this football team? Florida State has the advantage of having played that Mississippi team. Um, it's an SEC opponent and, you know, an above-average SEC opponent on Labor Day. So I think they've been in the fire already. That would lend me to lean a little bit in Florida State's direction in this game. I think you can have a good battle early on. I think at the end of the day, Florida State as a team probably has more playmakers than Louisville, just the way that I'm leaning on this one. Well, you won't yeah. get a strong debate from me because I didn't make it a pick. Like I said, more that I'm rolling more with gut there. I mean, your analysis yeah. is uh, probably spot on if you're doing it off, off the paper. Yeah, Revengeville, um, Alabama taking on Mississippi the last two seasons. This game has gone to the uh, to the Rebels. And now for a third time, the Rebels will try and beat. That's a tough thing to do, okay? Remember Johnny football? Uh, they pulled off the upset, mm-hmm. and then Alabama came back the next year, and they were not very happy. If you watched that game last year, some flukish things went Ole Miss's way, um, especially a popped-up pass in the air in which – uh, landed in the hands of an Ole Miss receiver that he went for a touchdown. Well, it's a double revenge, buddy. Yeah, it is. It is double revenge. And listen, if you've known anything about Nick Saban coach teams, this is going to be a tall mountain for Mississippi to climb. We watched them in that opener against Florida State, and they were a good football team for about 20, 24 minutes. And then after that, after they ran the hurry up, they didn't really have anything. I presume they'll do the same. It'll be the same attack. But at the end of the day, Alabama just too much, I think. And you know what? It's 11 points. I might be tempted to just go ahead and lay that 11. I don't think Ole Miss is as good as people want to think that they are. You and everybody else in the country, I wanted to make Alabama a pick. And when I went to look at the games, I saw that this opened at 9. It shot up to 11. Who knows? By game time, it's probably 12 or 13 as the money keeps rolling in. I mean, what scares me here, a couple things. Double-digit favorites on the road in college football is a losing proposition, if you look. It's usually, mm-hmm. you know, 2-1, to one, the home underdog double digits will cover in college football. Uh, the other thing is it's just too obvious. I mean, you've got a double revenge situation. You've got Alabama, four of the last seven national championships. Uh, the money is just going to be 
75-25 to Alabama, and that's another bad angle in gambling when Vegas has taken a ton of money on a team. So I'll stay away from the game. I think Alabama wins it. I think the number gets bloated, like I said, to 12 or 13, and, and then who knows. You know, Mississippi's got enough talent and playmakers to slide inside that number. Yeah, uh, definitely going to be an interesting game to see how Alabama handles this game uh, for the third time. Um, I found this interesting. Oregon ranked 22 in the country, a decent ranking, heading out to Nebraska. Nebraska is your favorite in this game, unranked Nebraska, a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game against Oregon. You've probably seen a little bit more Oregon than me. How do you feel about that, and is that number a little strange to you? Uh, almost strange enough that I made Nebraska pick. I, I, um, I like Nebraska in this game. Uh, mm-hmm. From what I've seen so far from Oregon, uh, color me completely unimpressed. They opened up with a subdivision team to start the year, uh, 53-28. Uh, you know, didn't didn't really throttle them. Put up some points later in the game. It wasn't the kind of performance I expect. I think it was against Cal Davis or Cal Poly, one of those Cal somethings out there. And then they came mm-hmm. home last week. Um, you know, I made them a pick in that game. They they ended up losing uh, against the spread to Virginia. One forty-four twenty-six. Uh, Virginia, not exactly, you know, a great ACC team by any means. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. just, I don't like them on a road game here. I think Nebraska's playing pretty well. Now they haven't played anybody yet either. But uh, I just got a god on Nebraska here. Yeah, I kind of lean in that direction for you too. I think Nebraska is playing better ball. I'm with you. Not impressed by anything Oregon has done this far. They played UC Davis in that opener. They scored 53, which you expect, but they gave up 28 points in that game. You and I both know Virginia's not a good football team. That's 44-26, and they needed some late action to get that going. Nebraska, on the other hand, Fresno State and Wyoming aren't your top-of-the-line teams, but they dominated both of them, and it kind of shows a mindset there for me. I would lean Nebraska in that game. Uh, This line is a little troubling for me, too. Colorado, um, (laughs) you talked about them in the opener, ironically, just has not been much of anything as a program over the last two or three years. Now, they have come out with two dominant opening wins um, against Colorado State and Idaho State. Neither one of those teams look like they're going to be anything this year. But nevertheless, um, Colorado's just been a doormat for much of uh, the last couple of years. Michigan has completely run through their first two opponents, 63-3 over Hawaii, 51-14 over Central Florida, and the line's only 19. I would have expected somewhere around four touchdowns in this game, given how Michigan's gone out and pummeled people. Is this line too low? Well, you know, they're they're basing it on the scores in the Colorado game. They've outscored two opponents, 100-14. to um, You know, I think they'll continue to be a doormat. I think Michigan will wipe their feet on them stomp on them a little bit and leave. I mean, you know, who knows when it's bloated. But I I still can't see Michigan not winning this game by 24 points. I I mean, you know what I'm saying? I feel like I can't think of a final score that would involve Colorado being within this number. Like uh, 28 points, Michigan's got to score more than that. I mean, is Colorado going to score three times and make this, you know, like a – Even if they do, uh, I mean, uh, can't you see 45-21? 45-21 just fits this game so nicely. Yeah, I don't know that Colorado's going to score that much. I mean, Michigan's got a pretty damn good defense. I think if Colorado scores twice in this game, they've done a lot. And if you're saying that, then you know, Michigan's not going to score 35 points. I don't know. I would lean Michigan this way, but I don't like it enough to make it a pick. So, um, I'm Yeah, I would lean Michigan all the way here. But, yeah, I'm like yeah. you. I'm not, I, it, it, the number creeps me out a little bit. Texas A&M and Auburn has made its way into my pick, so I'm going to fall back on this one. Do you have anything on that? 
That was a game all week I looked at just just out of curiosity more so than picking it, and I really I don't have a feeling because I saw A&M in the opener at home. They gave away that fourth quarter and, and you know had to go to overtime to beat UCLA. I, I don't know how they're going to handle this SEC road game. Auburn played Clemson tough. I'm not sure if that was just a function of Clemson being bored this year because the Troy played them tough. So I'm probably gonna just. Tr- I want to hear what you have to say. I just. I don't know this game. I don't. I don't got a gut on it. Yeah, uh, I do have a pick on that one. Mississippi State and LSU. Man, I'd be nervous doing anything with LSU that involves double digits, especially against a conference opponent. Yes, Mississippi State did go out and embarrass themselves by losing to South Alabama 21-20 in their opener. They did come back. Last week, and they were dominant against South Carolina, who themselves have offensive issues. But they were dominant. I got a pick in this South one Carolina. for you. Well, good, good on that. Um, I, I listen, Emil. I don't want to blow any dust off of or take any shine off of what you're going to do. I'd be shocked if you're willing to lay two touchdowns against an LSU team that I, I mean, um, with Siri and GPS, probably can't find the end zone. So I'll be interested in seeing what you got to say there. I'll take Mississippi State in that one, and probably what looks like a fourteen to six. Hey, I got I got one game. to throw out for you just in case you miss it, because uh, it's a, I want to hear what you have to say on this game. I'm and I almost made it a pick, but I scratched it. Uh, UCLA is giving three on the road at BYU. Now BYU won their first one on the road against Arizona, eighteen sixteen, and then last week they lost a heartbreaker. Uh, 20 to 19 in-state rival and uh, Pac-12 member Utah. Uh, you know, for me, I almost made BYU a pick here. I don't see UCLA being justified I, I thought as a for road sure favorite. When I saw this, I thought for sure when I saw this, as much as you've talked about BYU and as uh, you know, and your interest in Pac-12 football, especially UCLA as it pertains to USC, I thought for sure this would be a pick for you. Um, off, you know, just looking at it, Emil, I think. People got to learn their lesson about UCLA on the road and making them a favorite. This is a BYU team off of a loss, um, and they played two solid opponents. I mean, BYU is ready for a game like this. Why UCLA is a favorite, I have no idea. It could be a setup, but I'd be going BYU all the way with this one. So there's my opinion. By the way, BYU might that. be taking my advice because it seems like they've scheduled themselves a Pac-12 schedule anyway. They have. Who knows? Maybe they're trying to show that they belong. I don't know what's going on over there. That's yeah. up in the mountains. Okay, go ahead. Away from I, I, me. I, I interjected that on you. I'm sorry. Good. Well, listen, I had to get to it anyway. Notre Dame and Michigan State. Michigan State continues to be an underrated football team. I guess that's just the way that it goes. They didn't do anything to help themselves in that first game. Getting in a dogfight with Furman that ended up 28-13. Doesn't really help them there. But Notre Dame... I was less than impressed with them against Texas. And then, you know, they come back and on paper get an impressive win against Nevada. But it's my understanding they weren't all that impressive. The score did more. It was nothing-nothing nothing you know, at the end of the first quarter in that game. Now, I know it's only uh, one quarter. But yeah, you, yeah, one you know. quarter. I mean, I don't know. I, I just – I'm leery of Michigan State and what it is that they do. Um, they are a good, solid program. I don't believe they've got enough horses this year to beat Notre Dame. Wouldn't surprise me though if this is a twenty to fourteen football game. I would not be anxious to go and lay seven and a half points with the Fighting Irish until they really show me something, and uh, that's kind of where I am with that one. Um, we got that's a big one though. I mean, I got a pick on that game, so. Oh, you do? Okay, I do. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, listen, big one here: Ohio State and Oklahoma. Emil, I've listen. I don't know why. Um, you know, call me scared, but I don't like to pick any of these big games this week. I really don't have a feel on these big games. So 
Um, it's Ohio State and Oklahoma. Not giving you much here. You know, Ohio State's a one-point road favorite. I don't. I think Ohio State's a much better football team than Oklahoma right now. But this line doesn't really give me anything to work with here. I mean, I guess I'll just go to Ohio State because I, I don't see them losing to Oklahoma. Mm, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that the line kind of reflects. I think people are just writing off Oklahoma. So here, here's the way I view it. Going into the season, both polls, and again, they're polls, viewed Oklahoma as a top-five football team. They lost the game on the road, albeit to Houston, which probably, as you said, we've underrated because they don't play in a Power 5 conference. Yet, it appears they have some Power 5 talent on that roster. So, I think, you look at Oklahoma, that game is probably going to help them. I mean, Mm-hmm. They've seen a team with some speed, some strength. Uh, they took a loss. They're motivated. I'm not sure what Ohio State's played so far is really going to help them in this game. I mean, they two teams they just pummeled. Who they play? Bowling Green and, and and Tulsa. Bowling Green and yeah, Bowling Green and Tulsa. And you know, if my if my math is correct, I think they outscored those two opponents 125 to 13. So, yeah, they ran yeah. through some tissue paper the first two weeks. I just think Ohio State has. Uh, much more talent here, and you know what? Haven't you had enough of trusting big game Bob? Well, that's why it's not a pick for me. Now, you, <laughs> what, what I'm trying to say is the gut on Oklahoma tells me don't take Ohio State because normally if I saw this line, I would look and say Urban Meyer, Bob Stoops, okay, that's easy for me. Um, I think I think the only team right now in the country with the lines that uh, offensive and defensive lines more resembling in Alabama is Ohio State. Uh, Michigan's mm-hmm. trying to get there, but I think Ohio State's there. Why would mm-hmm. I want Oklahoma? I think the see. I expected this line to be Ohio State by four, even though they're on the road. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, I'm leaning Ohio State. Let's slide on to the last two on our list before we get into our picks. USC and Stanford. Um, USC battled back last week and got themselves an, an easy and comfortable win to calm some folks down. 45-7 over Utah State. USC is somewhere in between that win and uh, the terrible loss that they had against Alabama, 52-6. to The line on this game is nine. It would make people pause, and when that happens, I kind of want to go the other way with it. So I'm going to take Stanford in this one. It's not a, mm. you know, obviously it's not an official pick, but when you you put Stanford at nine, it's kind of telling me something. Um, they want some USC action on this game. I'm going to roll with Stanford in this one. I don't have a ton of logic on it. Stanford's only played one game. It's 26 to 13 win over Kansas State. Nothing that would blow you away. Despite that, though, Stanford's a nine-point favorite. I just feel like somebody knows something I don't. So I'm gonna roll with Stanford, unofficially. Um, I'm not gonna make it a pick. I I think the line is predicated really on the USC blowout loss to Alabama. Um, mm-hmm. that that's the stench that's in betters' minds. Okay. And you know how Vegas works. I mean, that that's what they saw. Uh, they opened the game at six. That's what Vegas mm-hmm. felt here. So that was the real line that they hung on it. The public's better up to nine, which tells me there's a lot of money coming Stanford's way mm-hmm. because people still feel that's the USC team they saw in week one, and this is a top-ten team. I don't like, you know, with Stanford. They're breaking in a new quarterback at Stanford, much like USC. That first game against Kansas State at home, 272 yards of offense, 167 through the air. 
They only ran it for 105. It's Bill Snyder, man. I don't know. You don't want to underestimate Bill too much. But, yeah. um, I I don't underestimate him. I just, you know, they didn't show me anything there. Now, they've had a couple weeks to prepare. But nine's a big number for a team that just, you know, the USC's got to focus on this game. If they get blown out again, Helton's in trouble because Swan did not hire Helton. I know he's only three games into his first, but he doesn't have a long contract and he doesn't make a ton of money and the AD inherited him. Yeah, certainly a lot to think about in that one. Certainly a lot to think about in that one. Let's slide on to this last one. It's Texas traveling into the Pac-12 to play California. Yes, Texas did beat Notre Dame. That's big. That's huge. Um, for people, a lot for people to be excited about. Follow it up with a blowout win over UTEP. Does that mean now Texas gets to go on the road and be a touchdown favorite? Makes me nervous. I need to see a little bit more before I do that. It is Cal. People expected Cal to be down. They did go get beat by San Diego State. What a lot of people don't realize is this is a good San Diego State football team this year. They've got a strong running game. Um, perhaps one of the most underrated running backs in all of the country. So that's probably what's sticking foremost in people's mind. Kind of going to lean to Cal in this one, but again, not enough for me to make this an official pick. Real quick, what do you think? Revenge spot for Texas. I agree with everything you're saying except one thing. I'm not sure Cal can get enough stops against Texas, which would keep me from taking Cal. Sure. All right, let's roll into our college football picks real quick here. Um, why don't you go first, lay out your three, I'll lay out my three, and we'll uh, we'll see where we're at. Okay, well, you know me. You know me very well. You, you called it. Uh, let's start with the LSU-Mississippi State game, since even though you didn't want to take the shine off me, you took the shine off me. Do you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> my you bad. Know? I think our listeners, our loyal listeners, uh, knew you weren't going to ride with LSU on this one. No, I'm, I mean, I'm all over Mississippi State plus 14. You're getting a huge number there because, again, they they set lines based on public perception, and people still remember Mississippi State losing that opener to South Alabama. But they came back. They showed some character. They really dominated South Carolina last week, far more than the 27-14 score indicated. Uh, you're going to catch two touchdowns here. LSU, I think, is one of the most overrated teams this season. I really believe that. And uh, while they will probably end up winning this game, I don't see them blowing them out. I really don't. So, for me, this is easy. I'm, I'm grabbing Mississippi State in a conference game. I'm taking the 14 points. All right. What's your next one? Next one. Uh, we, you know, we have a big one, Notre Dame and Michigan State. Uh, again, you know, Michigan State probably doesn't have the horses, but what's different this year than many years with Mich- Michigan State? They're just a well-coached team. You're going to get eight points with a well-coached team that's been in the top 10 the last few years um i'm not as impressed as i was going into the year with notre dame i know they've only played two games but right now i'm not sure they have the the defense to necessarily shut down michigan state which is what you kind of need to do when you want it when you get into some of these bigger numbers you can't you know if it's going to be back and forth i like eight points so i'll take the eight points in michigan state all right finally and then finally, 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 let me find it here. I want to get the line. Uh, I'm going to grab San Jose State, believe it or not, plus 13.5 points. Yes, San Jose State plus 13.5 points at home against Utah. Um, Utah is in the middle of a big, giant sandwich. Last hmm. week they played their in-state bitter rival BYU and beat them in a nail-biter 20-19. to the week before, they opened the season with a, a subdivision team and only beat them 24 nothing. And next week, they play USC on a Friday night at home. 
they are going on the road, and trust me, they, San Jose State will not get their full attention. It's an offensively challenged Utah State team. This has all the makings of one of those, you know, 27-20 Utah wins. I'll grab San Jose State as a 13.5-point home underdog. Well, there you have it. Mississippi State plus 14, Michigan State plus 8, San Jose State plus 13 and a half. I'll try to keep it brief with mine. TCU suffered an embarrassing, well, let me not say embarrassing, tough loss last week against Arkansas. Really unexpected. It was a home game, um, a game they really thought they were going to win. They're going to have to get that taste out of their mouth. And who better than to do that against than Iowa State, who has scored a combined 23 points in their two games thus far against Northern Iowa and Iowa. Um, they're going to play a team not called Iowa this week, the result's going to be the same. They're going to get patty whacked. I think TCU's got to answer the call here. They took the loss last week. They've got to roll up points. They've got to do it big. They're going to know the number in this game, which is only 24 is what I have. Uh, I think there's a game where they know the number and do everything that they can to try and pass it. Auburn and uh, Texas A&M. Auburn, um, I'll, you know, Clemson last week in their game showed that uh, I don't know if they've fully committed to the regular season right now. That kind of puts a damper on what Cle- uh, Auburn was able to do against Clemson. So, I'm, you know, it has less of a shine on it. And I just, I'm going to stick to what I thought going into the season, that Auburn's going to struggle this year. I think they're going to have some problems offensively in this game. Texas A&M secondary can really take over a football game. I think it's going to be tough sledding for Auburn. They're going to be probably relegated to trying to find their way on the ground, I like Texas A&M in this game as an underdog because I feel they have the better team, and I'm getting three with a hook on the end. I'm going to jump all over that. And then finally, uh, who's had a bad or a worse loss than what Oklahoma State suffered last week? I mean, it's hard to lose a game um, worse than what they did. The only way they can really pick themselves up off the mat is to come out Really hard in this game this week. And a good thing for them here is that they're not playing some kind of cupcake where it would be ho-hum. They have a chance to prove themselves against a pit team, the quality opponent, who, um, you know, is coming off of a big win versus Penn State. Now they're hitting a road. Pittsburgh might be a little bit too giddy about, you know, winning this return to the Penn State rivalry type thing. I don't think they're going to have the same intensity in this matchup as Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's got to win this football game or, you know, the wheels get really loose on their season. And people were expecting a lot from Oklahoma State. So back home, after the terrible loss, I like Oklahoma State as less than a touchdown favorite in this game. It's only four and a half. So that's my three. That's what I'm rolling with. TCU minus 24, Texas A&M plus three and a half, Oklahoma State as a four and a half point favorite. There you go. Sorry, not the big like matchup, but these are three that I really, really like. All right. Last week, our boy Kenny was on on, on the show, and um, I think we're going to bring him on here. If I'm looking correctly, he had UF uh, minus 16.5 versus Kentucky. That was a winner. USC minus 16.5 versus Utah State. And uh, he took an L with UCF as they didn't really get very close at all of Michigan. Um, but a 2-1 and one week, I think this is his second 2-1 and one week. Am I correct, Kenny? Back-to-back 2-1 and one weeks? You are correct. All right, sitting pretty at four and two. Man, we're a little short on time here, Kenny. What do you got for us this week? Can you keep the winning going? Let's see. Um, I'm going big game hunting this week. All right. I want to start with uh, I want to start with FSU over uh, Louisville. What's our line on that one, Amel? One. Our Florida State minus one. So he's got. He's so all I got to do is the, win this the game. Seminoles. Yep. All I got to do. I is mean, win. I haven't really okay. seen. Them. 
I haven't really seen Lamar Jackson do anything against a quality opponent yet. And mm-hmm. FSU, I know Derwin James is, is going to be out, but their front seven, I think, is, could be the best in the nation right now. I think this defense is just going to take over and really expose Lamar Jackson in this game. Okay. What do you got next? Um, For my next game, I have uh, Miami over Appalachian State. Um, Okay. I think Appalachian's weaknesses are their their pass defense and their pass offense, and those are actually Mm -hmm. probably what Miami is probably best at at taking care of right now. So Mm -hmm. I just – I see them you like Miami's pass offense them. in these first two games? I mean, I don't think they really had to show it against opponents that they've played, but I think, I mean, they have the weapons to definitely expose a weak uh, Appalachian State secondary who really got exposed a little bit by Tennessee towards the end of that game. They gave up some D balls, and I can just see Miami, you know, going going in the air and having some success on Saturday. Gotcha, gotcha. And what's your final? And my final game is I like Ohio State over Oklahoma. Ohio I mean, State minus big, one. Yeah, share those reasons with us. Um, I just you know, big game Bob, he just always struggles <laughs> in these kinds of games. And uh Houston really kinda showed I mean, showed some of their weaknesses on defense this year. Usually they're strong on D, but this year it looks like Barrett and Ohio State can probably get something going on the road. And I just see, you know, Urban Meyer knows how to win these kind of games. I like Ohio State. Yeah, I can't argue with you there. Uh, uh, you know, these are two good quality football coaches. But just right now, Urban Meyer, a better coach than Bob Stoops. All right, so just to round it up, it's Florida State in the big game against Louisville. They're only a one-point favorite. You like Miami. Uh, in their game on the road against Appalachian State. And you like Ohio State as a one-point road favorite in their big game against Oklahoma. Man, we'll take these down, see how you do, Kenny. Looking forward to talking with you next week and see how you did. See you next week. All right. We're going to take a break. When we get back, it's NFL time. We're going to do the picks. We're going to talk a little fantasy football and preview the games that kind of mean something this week in the NFL. We'll be right back right after this. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Uh. 
Sure, someone's gone. Winch is here. But that doesn't mean everyone's putting their t-shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, t-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen-printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, do the wording, whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your t-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirt, no hyphen, supplies pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. That's 1-857-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. We're back on the Gridiron Stud Show Football Friday edition, week number three here. It's time to talk a little NFL. We just finished doing our college football segment. Uh, Hope you caught that. If not, catch it on the archive version of the show. But we're here. It's NFL football time. And I want to kick this thing off with the FanDuel Fantasy Football Focus session. This is something we're going to do uh, that's new here on the show since so many people are into fantasy football. And FanDuel... Uh, was a big talk last year, Emil. There was so much talk about is it legal, is it not legal, uh, so much ramblings going on with that. But you know what, FanDuel's come back this year and they've made it even more fun. Uh, you can you can start beginner contest if you're new to fantasy football, so kind of ease your way in there. They've also, Emil, uh, had something where you could join and, and you can create a league with just your friends in it. So go in, you create a contest, and you can invite your friends to it, more ways to play and have fun on FanDuel. If you're interested in uh, jumping into the whole FanDuel fantasy contest, and look, for those of you that are new to it, I think you may have heard in the past, you got to pick a, a roster at the beginning of the year. That's the traditional way that it's been done. And God forbid if you lose a guy early in the season, like a Tony Romo or something like that, you're kind of up. Uh, you know what's creek for the rest of the year. That's not the case at FanDuel. Each week, brand new contest. Pick brand new people. You can do that if you're interested. Uh, head over to FanDuel right now. Put in the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS, and you'll get a nice little uh, welcome package there to FanDuel. So check that out. Head over to FanDuel.com. Use the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS, and you can jump right in there and start your little FanDuel fantasy football contest. So, Emil, we've got several games this week. Um, you had some folks that you could have really – went in big on yesterday and yesterday's game is no one wanted to play pass defense. So if you had Fitzpatrick or you even had Tyrod Taylor, you did well for yourself. Yeah. Right. I mean, what we're going to try to do here, I think at least what I'm going to try to do, the guys I mentioned when we go through this is are going to be guys that aren't obvious. I mean, let's face it. You could 
<clears throat> always say Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback, and you probably sure. won't be wrong. But, you know, as we know with these things, I mean, rosters are limited for those who haven't played. I mean, you get a, a limit of how much money you could spend, and players are assigned salaries. And obviously, if you're picking a quarterback, a guy like Aaron Rodgers is going to have the highest salary. He's going to eat up a large chunk of what you're allowed to spend. I mean, that's how that works for those of you who have never been on there. I mean, um, or if you're yeah, just think, a regular I, fan. I think we're going to focus on here, Emil, is just you're going to pick three sleepers, right, um, and just someone that maybe people may not have been thinking about getting this week. Yeah. Three sleepers. I'm going to pick three sleepers, and, and we'll just kind of see how we did there and just kind of help folks out. Um, not necessarily pick an entire team for somebody because we don't want to get into right. that. But, but you know, I think it would be fun if you pick three sleepers, I pick three sleepers, and we'll see uh, whether we woke anyone up or not when it comes here. So we'll do it one by one. I'll pick one, you pick one. Let me okay. open it up with, uh, you know, sometimes finding, you know, if you're just a layman watching this game, you watch wide receivers, you watch running backs, you watch quarterbacks, you don't really pay attention to anything else than that um, if you're a layman in this game. But with these fantasy football contests at FanDuel, you've got to pick a tight end. And, you know, if you decide, oh, I'm going to just run in there and pick Rob Gronkowski, well, it's going to eat up a big chunk of your $60,000, you know, fantasy allotment there. And then now you can't get the other guys that you may know something about. So, you know, I'm thinking about, uh, how about a Julius Thomas who's over there? This is this guy's been a big time producer. Um, he was doing it at Denver. Now he's gone. He's over now in Jacksonville. Still a good football player, Emil. You know, and I think that's you know if you're out looking for a tight end, that's somebody you might want to go ahead and take a look at. Last week, five catches for him, which is you know a lot for a tight end in in this game sure. of wide receivers. Five for sixty four. And uh, I think he's got a chance this week uh, against the Chargers, who didn't really know much about defense last week. I don't know who they got that's going to be covering a tight end out there. And Julius Thomas, obviously, is familiar with San Diego, having played for Denver. I think I like Julius Thomas as a bargain, uh, as a tight end for people looking for tight ends this week. So I hope to help you out with that. Boy, Julius I like Thomas the way I like leader. the way you I like the way you found uh, found that. that. I mean, you know, I forgot about him. That's what happens when you go to Jacksonville. You just forget about people. Yeah, you know, it just disappeared over there in, in Jacksonville. But I yeah, found him. He, he went into, uh, he went into witness protection. He's in Jacksonville. Um, yeah, there you go. I have a tight end. You know what I'm looking at? You, yeah, yeah, you want to clean that up game? a little bit? What? I, you, I have a tight end? Yeah, come on now. Help well, us out. This is a football show. Uh, yeah, well, uh, at least I'm not a wide receiver. <laughs> <Da -ding. laughs> Ring the bell on that one. <laughs> Ring the bell. There you go. Um, I want to use Larry Donnell from the New York Giants. He didn't have a strong game last week. You saw him in a couple uh, spots in that game getting chewed out. But it, here's what happened last week in that Giants game. Vic, Victor uh, Cruz has proven he's come back from that horrific injury. Now the Giants have two wide receivers you got to pay attention to, Beckham and Cruz. I have a feeling the Saints won't pay attention to either one of them. But in the interim, they also won't pay attention to the Giants' tight end. I have mm -hmm. uh, Pretty good feeling. I, I could see Donnell carving them up in the middle of the field in this game at certain points, and maybe even grabbing a touchdown somewhere down in the red zone. So I'm going to say, look at him as maybe a sleeper, not a, not a high cost uh, tight end this week. All right. Well, that's a that's a good one, Larry Donnell. Well, listen, this you know you're gonna you're gonna sneeze at this, you know, calling this a sleeper. I I get it. You got to pick a quarterback this week, though. And sometimes, you know, sleeper is a tough thing to go with when you're talking about 
uh, a quarterback. So I am Emil, um, and don't throw, don't bring the boo birds out. I'm going to back Cameron Newton this week. Now on FanDuel, he's the second highest guy on there, so it kind of kicks in the face of a sleeper. But um, there's a bunch when it comes to, to quarterbacks. There are a bunch of other guys you can go with. You can always go with Drew Brees, who's guaranteed to pot, probably put up some numbers. Um, it's going to cost you. He's the highest paid guy on there. Aaron Rodgers, um, Andrew Luck, who put up good numbers last week. But I'm going to back Cam Newton. Uh, got hit upside his head. He should be, uh, and, and very little flags, by the way, for the headshots. And he said the right things in the media. I think he's going to be a little angry. I think Cam Newton, uh, off of the loss and taking those headshots and having to you know, play a role last week means Cam Newton probably comes out like a ball of fire this week. And um, the reason I'm using this as a sleeper is, again, you can take a whole bunch of quarterbacks in this league because it's a quarterback-centric league. I think we have understand that. Um, so you got a lot of choices, and I think Cam Newton needs to be a guy that you look into this week because you're getting the 49ers at home, giddy off of a 28 nothing win. They shut someone out. 49ers probably going to leave a lot of holes open there. You know, uh, didn't really take on much in the L.A. Rams. I think Cam Newton plays angry this week. So I'm going to take Cam Newton as a quarterback you really might want to consider over all the other choices this week. Well, I like that. I like that. Um you're paying for him, but like you said, I mean, he might go crazy. you got to take gonna, a quarterback. I'm going to go with a guy who I think you're not going to have to pay as much for and who also I could see going a little bit crazy, and that's uh, my former Trojan, Carson Palmer. Mm. I really like, you know, if, if you really look at the Arizona, they took a tough loss at home last week. That was kind of a game, even though it was New England. People expected them to win with Brady and Gronkowski out. They only scored 21 points. Enroll the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fresh off a road win against uh, the Atlanta Falcons. They're going to be all giddy, back-to-back road games, and they're walking into a hornet's nest. Um, I think you're just going to see Arizona throw the ball all over the yard on Sunday, and I could see Palmer putting up some really, really big numbers. All right, so you and I both come up with uh, some quarterbacks uh, as part of our sleepers this week, you know, got to you know, quarterbacks got to get the love in this league. All right, another thing that's hard for the layman that's playing fantasy football to pick outside of kickers and tight ends is defense. Because let's face it, people aren't focusing that much on defense these days. Um, so I'm going to help him out with that since I'm, you know, a guy who spent some time on that side of the ball. You looking for a defense this week? Uh, tap into. The Baltimore Ravens, all right? Uh, They are going to be jumping into a game with the mighty, mighty, mighty Cleveland Browns offense, which, listen, right now, man, that thing is in trouble. And you're not going to have to pay through the nose for the Ravens this week. They're, uh, you know, on FanDuel, they're 4500 bucks, whereas, and, and they're way down there in the middle of the pack as a defense you can pick. Listen, I watched this game. I watched the Eagles-Browns game. Cleveland's in trouble, my friend. They couldn't run the ball against four-man fronts, couldn't get anything going. Um, You got a different quarterback in there this week. I just expect Cleveland to be a complete train wreck as they were in the first week. If Cleveland was going to come out and look good, it would have been in week one against a rookie quarterback. I don't like what they're going to be able to do offensively. And when you look at the Baltimore Ravens, they held that Bills offense that went nuts last night, throwing the ball around to just seven points last week. So it looks like the Ravens got a good defense. I'm going to back them against a terrible uh, Cleveland Browns offense this week. Grab the Ravens. They're a bargain this week. By the way, I, I, I had the Ravens written down. That's not where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. And the other defense I had written down, which I'm, I'm going to just throw out there before I give you what I, I, my other third one was, I had the Packers written down. 
Um, hmm. I don't like anything the Vikings are doing offensively. The Vikings scored mm-hmm. 12, 13 points defensively last week. They did. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a division game. That just has the feel of a, you know, a, a slugfest. And uh, I, I like those two defenses, but the Ravens, I think you're on to something there. But here's my other sleeper, and it's not, again, it's a wide receiver. So take a, it, when I say sleeper, it's not going to be Des Bryant or A.J. Green or someone like that. But you know who I like this week? Deshaun Jackson. He always yeah. kills my Cowboys. Yeah, he always mm-hmm. kills my Cowboys. And if you really look at that game, the, after what I saw Monday night from Washington and with Dallas playing very conservatively last Sunday, I have a feeling the Cowboys are going to come out, they're going to score some points, the Redskins are going to have to match them, um, and he just tends to go off even back to his days in Philly when he plays the Cowboys. So I have a feeling he goes off again for you know, over 100 yards and at least a touchdown. So I would take a look at Deshaun Jackson. All right. Well, recapping it, I got Julius Thomas, a tight end for Jacksonville, Cam Newton, quarterback, obviously, you know, for Carolina Panthers. And I'm going to take the Ravens defense. Those are my three sleepers this week. Amo, what are your three recapping? My three are Larry Donnell, the tight end for the New York Giants, Carson Palmer, the quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, and Deshaun Jackson, wide receiver, Washington Redskins. Hey, well, first time we're doing the FanDuel Fantasy Football Focus here. We're going to pick three sleepers for you each week, so we'll see how we kick it off here. But uh, really excited to see. Now, not only are we going to have stock in the game, but also players in the games. That's just where the world's gone to. So, again, Fantasy Football Focus sponsored by FanDuel. Again, if you want to jump into this thing, FanDuel is a whole lot of fun. New games each and every week. Head over to FanDuel.com. Enter the promo code Gridiron Studs, and you're on your way to having a whole lot more fun than you would have had otherwise. Emil, we don't have time to go through and schlep through all of the games here in uh, in the NFL. I'm not sure we need to do that anyway. So why don't you and I just run straight to the picks, and we'll call it we'll call it an NFL Football Friday. All right? You down for that? Okay. What you that? want me to go first on this today? Um, you know what? You 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 went first in college football. I'll go first okay. in the NFL. I might you know blow some minds here with where I'm going this week and I think uh, if you're going to be successful in this NFL thing you got to do things off the beaten path I took Tennessee last week they burned me I'm going to see if I I'm going to touch the fire again and see if I don't get burned twice might be the last time I deal with these guys I still think the Titans are a good football team um, I don't think I think they ran into a situation where they weren't sure what to expect against Minnesota last week. So, um, and they also got a motivated Minnesota football team that was without their leader and wanted to win one for old Teddy. Uh, not the case this week. They're going to take on a Lions team that won a slugfest, didn't play much defense, and now for some reason odds makers think. Detroit should be six-point favorite over someone. I think Tennessee comes in with a good mindset, ready to try and get some get-back after losing last week. They're going to play tough defense. They're going to run the ball well, and they're going to get some decent quarterback play out of Marcus Mariota. I like them as a six-point underdog in this contest. Um, The Atlanta Falcons lost a division game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's how they started off their season. They're playing the Oakland Raiders who went and you know had a crazy football game against the Saints, went for two at the end. Man, what could bring more elation to that? What says we're going to have a, a not-so-hot practice this week than a win like that on the road? Raiders are back home in their home opener. Odds makers say they're four-and-a-half-point favorites. I think the Falcons come in here super motivated to not open up the season 0-2, especially after the division loss. I like the Atlanta Falcons catching four-and-a-half in this game. Now, call me completely, totally, and absolutely nuts, but experience tells me the L.A. Rams might be a good pick this week. Here they are going against Seahawks, who many people think should be and are going to be in the 
Super Bowl. I'm one of those people. They did get their win at home last week. The Rams were on national television, got shut out, looked like a complete and total train wreck in front of millions of people across the country, and the Seahawks are only six-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm sure people thought this would be double digits at six-and-a-half. I think they're catching flies out there in uh, Las Vegas. I'm going to back the L.A. Rams in this game. As crazy and as uh, disheveled as they look, I think the Rams are good as a home underdog, especially when you think about how every game comes down to a damn field goal in the NFL. I'm going to grab the yeah. points with the home underdog, the Los Angeles Rams. So it's And they've won six. three of the last four versus the Seahawks. They do know how to play these guys. Yes, they do. So I like yeah. Tennessee plus six. I like the L.A. Rams plus six and a half. Falcons plus four and a half. Correct me if I'm wrong on any of those point spreads I just laid out there. No, no, no. So, we so good on all you went all chalk. You know, you're good. You went all chalk in, in the pros like I did in college, but I'm going to turn around here in the pros and start off with a favorite. I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers even on a short week. Uh, giving three at home against the Cincinnati Bengals in a division game. Steelers uh, didn't expend much energy in beating the Redskins on Monday night. I don't think the short week hurts them as much. The last time we saw these two teams play was in that playoff game last year, and that was a bloodbath. Uh, You probably expect a little bit more of that. I just think the Steelers at home have a little bit too much offensive firepower here. It's a small number. I I, I see the Steelers winning this game by a touchdown. What's the number on that game? Three. Yeah, you know, I kind of like Cincinnati in that game. So we'll have to see where that where that You'll turns see. out. I mean, it's, you know, Pittsburgh in primetime got a big win. I don't like teams the next week. But, all right, we'll see. We'll see how that rolls. I'm coming right back then with another team uh, won last week, the New York football Giants. They're home. They're laying four and a half to the Saints. Uh, the Saints went up and down the field at home and lost a heartbreaker to the Raiders. Could take could take a little wind out of their sails. The Giants played the Cowboys. That's a tough division game. Um, the Saints won't offer as much resistance defensively uh, and offensively. I think the Giants' front four will will wreak havoc. I mean, the Saints might have a decent offensive line, but it isn't the Cowboys. I expect the Giants to roll in this one, so lay the four and a half. Four and a half with and the Giants. Fin- what do you got? And finally, I hate doing this. I really, really hate doing it. Big numbers in the NFL, but I'm going to lay all it, 13 man? and a half. I'm going to do it because I'm going to lay all 13 and a half with the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers fresh off uh, a, a loss on the opening Thursday of the league against the Broncos, a one-point loss, miss a field goal at the end. Um, and, you know, that just gave them 10 days to stew. And here comes the 49ers, giddy and happy with themselves. On a short oh, God, week, traveling. Drunk, drunk with happiness. They're drunk, 28 nothing. They shut out the Rams. Well, guess what? The Panthers aren't the Rams, okay? Um, this might be a game where you could see the 49ers getting shut out. I was Even just that, about to say that. Yeah, yeah. Even at that, I mean, I have a hard time seeing them get to 10. They get to 10, that means the Panthers have to score 24. I think they can do that quite easily. Panthers roll in this one. I see this as being a game where Colin Kaepernick could stand up off the bench and get into the game. <laughs> well, I see him rising. To might his be the feet. only time he stands up all day. But yeah. yeah, I see him rising to his feet and getting into this football game as Carolina just runs through the face of the 49ers. Listen, all those games were close last week. We talked about it. Uh, this is one where I I don't think it's going to be close. I think Carolina really really puts uh, a first aid kit on the San Francisco 49ers. All right, man. I think we're going to have to leave it at that. We did the fantasy football focus. We got the picks. That's what the people came for anyway, man. So. I'm going to let you uh, really get started on your weekend now. Really get into it. Head on your way. And then now i got to talk high school football because when we come back, I'm going to be on with Joshua Wilson from Florida, hsfootball.com. We're going to talk some state of Florida football on here. Amos, say goodbye to the folks.
Goodbye, everybody. Enjoy the weekend. I'll see you Monday. All right. Have one on him. I'm back, though, so stay tuned. I'll be right back after this to talk some high school football here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Hey, hey, hey. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen. We're back on a jam-packed Football Friday edition, week three, here on the Gridiron Studs Show. And it's about this time every week after we've talked college and after we've talked NFL, we're going to talk about the last pure place for football. And that is high school football, where NFL guys will even tell you of all the football they played, they still miss the high school days of football. And here to talk high school football in the state of Florida, to be specific and exact, uh, is Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com. Josh, thanks for joining me here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Hey, I, it's, it's hard to believe it's already week four. <laughs> I really, it's hard to believe it. Yeah, we're just sliding right along here into this uh, high school football season. It's moving fast and furious. You know, right off the bat, we don't have a ton of time to talk uh, like we've had in the past. But, you know what, right off the top of your head, can you give me the top three games? And we're talking a whole state here, but, you know, I figured a guy like yourself I could do this too. Top three games for you uh, that hold the most interest for you in the state this Friday. You know, the, the one, one, that holds the, one that really holds a lot of interest is the Southridge-Booker T game. That really sure. holds a lot of interest considering after what – what Bernice did at no. <laughs> her her nice little squad there at Miami Jackson. 
<laughs> on Saturday night. She had them. She Booker had them believing, man, and she, caught those guys sleepwalking. Her, she she had them believing, and between her between her and uh, Uncle Luke there, you know, I mean, I tell you what, I, I, I'm 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 I, Dave really, and that's actually another game I'm going to be watching. That, that's going to be closely watches their game this week against Cardinal Gibbons, which is a district game. So mm-hmm. that'll be very interesting, and that's actually a given. So, but hey, Jackson's the favorite in that game. So between the, that game in, in the Southridge in the Southridge Booker T game, I'm kind of watching both of those games. I'm looking to see more how how does Booker T respond after getting, you know, upset like that. How did they respond, considering now at this point, the, your hopes for a national championship have been dashed. They're, they're totally out the door. Oh, right? yeah. Uh, I think they closed. may have even just, I think they've completely fallen out of the rankings just off of that loss. Handing oh, yeah. they, uh, Bernice her first win as a head coach. Oh yeah, that that totally did. That's totally what happened. I mean, but everybody, I think the whole country, I think everybody was just like, what? <laughs> I think that, yeah. that caught people off guard. and just like, it just—it's one of those things, and you know, you look at it, but you know, you—you—and you want—you want to see Bernice do as extremely well as she can at the same time, but you know, at the same time, you're kind of like saying, "Hey, we want a national championship brought back here to Florida." Well, I well, think there's only a couple smoke. teams left in that list. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's up. That's up in smoke. I always look to Pinkos on these things. Uh, he's got Southridge as a seven-point favorite over Booker T, even though even though and good I, old Pinkos there had Northwestern as a 17-point favorite against us last week. Uh, I ain't going to hold it against yeah. him. He, did, he didn't know. He didn't know. Oh well, I just—it's I mean, all—it's all analytics and all that. And I mean, I'll tell you what—I'm going, I'm going, I'm going with this prediction: Southridge 15, Booker T 12. I'm going for the low end. Oh, wow! Wow! Are we talking? I'm, I'm are going, we talking I'm, missed extra points or good field goals in this game? I'm. I'm <laughs> Hey, I don't. Going to be a lot of defense. Hey, maybe I, I, I suspect there's going to be some defense, but I mean, I mean, if if if, ja- if if Jackson can put what they did on the Booker T, I you know, in Southridge, I think you know Southridge has got even way more talent than Jackson, and well, you know, Southridge could put a hurting on them. So they could, yeah. you could. Going to be interesting to see how Booker T responds. What's the next game uh, that's catching your eye here on a, on this Friday? You know what? Let me let me because you just because I thought I had my list up here and I'm gonna pull back that back up real well, quick. Well, while, thinking, but while you're thinking about that, you know Northwestern, a pretty good football team. I mean, we had them we had them pummeled in that first half and uh, showing all the grit in the world, came back and made it a game at the end. They're gonna take on American Heritage Del Rey, and I'm not sure what to even make of this American Heritage team. Thought they were gonna be good, then I'm not so sure, and then not. Where are they at? And that's a good matchup there. Those two teams, a rare matchup. You know, you, you know, you, you know, for for that for that American Heritage Delray team, I'm just kind of curious as to where they can go with that with, with with the season. I mean, considering that you know they played Naples at the week one, they go they go they they go up to St. John's, you know, week two, and and both of their games were just like total. They just didn't compete. I don't know what's going on, and I feel like it's just something to me that tells me that when you get a really 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 good team. With them now, all of a sudden, they're having they're having they're having a hard time struggling. They're just struggling. They're having a hard time putting anything together. And I'm kind of curious if that's going to be the case this week here. You know, where North Washington is going to come marching in and they're going to walk right. They're going to go right back down 95 South with a win. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're coming in motivated uh, after losing oh, last yeah. week. Yeah, and then really, you know, get, getting a measure of confidence. Being down as far as they were, 21 points at halftime and coming back, um, gives them some confidence. And then, you know, they're coming in confident and they're also coming in motivated. A deadly mix for, for American Heritage, Del Rey. 
Oh yeah, certainly, and, and you know, and some of the other games that are really I'm looking at, you know, Doctor Phillips and Apopka, you know, considered really the, you know, technically the, the two best public schools in Orange County right there alone. You had a battle of Orlando there. They the Battle of Orlando and Apopka. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I basically, I don't know. I'm going to say it, and excuse, excuse my wording here. Somebody mm. pissed Apopka off. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> yeah, really I know. made him mad. Yeah, they've because opened they up a first aid kit on a couple of teams. I've noticed. <laughs> yeah, they've dropped 125 points in three games, and that that that's quite a bit of points within three games. I don't think Apopka is going to drop as many this week. I mean, 35. I mean, mm-hmm. 35 is you know probably about the average where they're where they'll drop. But Dr. Phillips will probably give them a game here because this will this will be their first real true test of a of an actual you know similar kind of opponent so that's what I'm so that's what I'm thinking right there on that is who, who, these kind of opponents right there is between the two they're going to fight each other right down to the end yeah yeah no doubt about it and that's just what you want it to be you did mention Jackson and Cardinal Gibbons so here's the rub we talked about Booker T and them responding can Miami Jackson sober up after the giddiness of such a win their first win and a win over a national uh, the number two ranked team in the nation to take on a cardinal gibbons team that's you know really been kind of impressive here these first few weeks oh yeah i think i think i mean the way it seems like and you know this a lot of people this was this was mentioned on twitter a couple you know in the last 24 48 hours you know and i said to remind them like look you know here's the thing when we knew that Uncle Luke was leaving Norland to go to Jackson with Bernice, we said, "Well, mm. you know what? Norland's going to have a problem right there." So we already we already established that. I right. think that's the difference maker right there between between you know those two right there. I think that puts Jackson right in the competitive edge. And of course, Gibbons has done their own thing in, in the in the first three weeks of surprising people, going through and and actually beating Shamanah Madonna last week, which that was huge, mm. right there. Mm. You know, on that. I I just feel like you hey you got a you got a chance for a close game here and I I mean I, I I'm t- I'm telling you I'm going Jackson twenty eight twenty seven in this game <laughs> that's where I, I'm yeah, going for um, that's that's a score I'm going to have an eye on uh, tonight I'm going to be anxious to see what goes down in that one listen Miami Central talking about opening up a first aid kit on people that's all they've done so far in this season how good is Miami Central um, I, they've not taken on the Krim. Uh, the cream of the crop in these first couple of weeks, no, but nevertheless, they've handled their business. How good do you think Miami Central is? No, I think you know they're they're definitely in that stretch. I think I think the concern, you know, and, and some people said you know that's one of the teams I still you know be, I think that could that still could be in the mix for the national championship. They're in the top ten in most of these national rankings now, but some people still fear. Okay, they step back into the schedule when they have three bye weeks off. Well, that's going to be the, the that's 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 the concern there. So, but you know, I, we're we're not to that point yet. The thing is, okay, now you've got Norland. You've got to play Norland this week, and that's a district game. Well, we, again, like we just mentioned about Uncle Luke. Well, Uncle Luke is no longer the defensive coordinator at Norland. Well, that's gonna, that that certainly bodes well for Miami Central to put up more points. I, I mean, I don't mm-hmm. think Norland has played their best football this year, considering they've, you know, they've escaped only a few. They, they managed to escape out of games, you know, by a few points or here or there. You know, mm-hmm. I really don't think you know. I mean, you know, Norland's three and one, but Norland should really probably be two and two. I mean, that's just right. how you know how close things are looking. And you know, I'm just, I, I think Miami Central's going to put, put op, open a can here of worms and just just let it go. I think they're really, I think I think Miami Central's really angry from from some some of the things last season because they know they could have done better. Yeah, really, to yeah. be honest, we'll, we'll have to see what happens there. Um, as you 
as you poured over this week's schedule, and you know one of the one of the favorite things people like to do when they're on Twitter on a Friday night that follow Florida high school football is to find those upset alerts as you uh, point them out um, dramatically on your Twitter account. Um, when you saw that, give me a game that jumped to your mind because I know you think about them. Um, wh- what game do you think you could be typing one of those upset alerts uh, as a tweet tonight? Oh man, this is gonna be this is gonna be. Could it be I, Dwyer I and Palm Beach tough. Lakes? That that could be a very, very, that could be a potentially one right there because there has been talk on my message boards about that. Well, you know, could, could Palm Beach Lakes you know upset Dwyer? Palm Beach Lake, Palm Beach Lakes has started off three and zero. I mean, I don't agree with them being ranked in the AP rankings in the state of Florida mm-hmm. just yet because I feel like they still need to prove something to everybody. Like, hey, we're for real. Yeah, you're you're for real in the first three weeks. We get that you won three games, but. You haven't faced the biggest test of your schedule yet, and that is actually mm-hmm. this week. And you win that game, yeah, I would say go ahead and rank them because at that point, yeah, you've beaten, now you've beaten a top ten team. You've proven right. yourself that you're for real. You know you're going to have control of the district. You know that's the thing. I is, is that if PB Lakes, you know somehow pulls the upset, yeah, that's that's going to yeah. that's going to change the whole dynamics. Uh, the thing, and I think there's going to be different games that are going to change the dynamics of these district races this year more than I thought they were going to be because, hey, it, it, this is, you know, we have that cycle and we're in that cycle again. You know, things are just going crazy. You know I mean? It's like I'll point out Manatee, one and two on mm. the season. I didn't expect that coming. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's that going to be one to, to follow. I didn't, did you have, before we go here, do you have one more that you think you could be posting that upset uh, special on? <sighs> You know, it's not a district game, but you know, it's 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 Winter Haven and Osceola, and Pinkos likes Winter Haven. Where I like Osceola, USA Today likes Osceola. So yeah, so, I eyeballed that yeah. one. Uh, I thought that was an interesting matchup. Yeah, there, there was a couple. There was a, there was a couple interesting picks. I mean, I I, I would you know here's here's the one here's one more game I really I I I'd like to see the upset actually happen. Deerfield over mm. Grayson. Yeah, I, I that's really a think, that's you know, a kind of a, a weird game to have at this point in the season. But yeah, it's it's Deerfield and Grayson. Why why Deerfield? Why do you think that's going to happen? I you know you know you know you know I look at I and you know I I know everybody's going to say IMG's totally different. Yeah, I get IMG's totally different, but you know they still got Florida kids on that team. You know they went up there and did it. Why can't Deerfield Beach do it? Why can't somebody else go up there and do it? Sure. Hand them their second loss of the season. I mean, what, I mean, I mean, I'm just taking. I am taking Deerfield. I I got to show. I got. I got to show a little love for Florida here on this one. You know, this. Of I course. think that's going to be a closer game than some people are predicting. You know, Pingo thinks Grayson seven over, but USA Today is probably further wide this on the thing. They're thinking it's going to be a Grayson romp, basically. Over I think. Deerfield, yeah, I'm just I, like, you know what? I think Grayson's riding a little high on their, a little bit more on their reputation this year. I don't think this is as good a Grayson team as they've had in the past, and I think a lot of it's riding on that good Grayson reputation if there ever was a time Deerfield Beach could slide in here and pull the upset it could be uh, very well this season so um, yeah you've got you've got another one there that you can keep your eye on man listen we're out of time there's never enough time to talk I mean Florida is a a really huge state you know what before I let you go there is uh, the numbers that came out uh, I believe it was yesterday about NFL players in the uh, yeah, where, where they uh, yeah where they originate from and how about that folks leading the way over Texas over California is the state of Florida 239 uh, NFL players on the rosters right now from the state of Florida and it just goes back to prove the point 
Who has the best football in the in the country? I mean, I get it. I get it that Texas will fill their stadiums a little bit more, be, a lot better than what we'll do at times. But when it comes mm. to terms of talent, you can't yeah. argue that Florida leads the way. And I mean, we prove it. We prove it on the rosters. We prove it on the drafts almost every single year. You know, that's that's the thing. And you know what? It's going to continue that way as long as we keep playing football. <laughs> Yeah, I just don't think uh, there's any way around that. The proof is in the pudding, as they say. Well, listen, Josh, I appreciate you coming on. I'm going to be looking for those upset uh, alerts tonight on your Twitter oh. account. It's Florida HS Football. Follow that on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. FLA HS Football. Let's make sure that they get the FLA because otherwise they won't yeah, get FLA. Florida HS Football pulled up. Yeah, because they. Yeah, there you go. FLA. FLA. I wish Twitter would give me a longer <laughs> handle, but. <laughs> yeah, well, but there you go, happen. man. Definitely a good follow on a Friday night if you're looking for scores um, and, you know, a little bit of tidbits on what's going on on Friday Night Lights here in the state of Florida. Josh, thanks. We'll see you next week. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, Chad. All right. Joshua Wilson, FloridaHSFootball.com. And, again, follow him on Twitter, FLAHSFootball.com. Upset specials. they got to have them every week, and it's coming. Well, we're going to go back from the small gridiron to the college football gridiron, and it's time to talk Florida Gators football. And, as always, who better to do that with than Gator country and my man, Nick Delatore. Listen, um, it's been a while since Florida's had that kind of feeling that they had last week when they took on Kentucky and completely blew them out of water. Should have been a 45 nothing football game. We won't talk about the seven points that came up. But, yes, a massive win for them. What's the feeling in Gainesville right now after such a win? Uh, it, it kind of felt uh, like like your father's Kentucky-Florida games. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's kind of what it felt like after two close ones. Uh, the previous two years, I think people were, uh, were happy not to have to sweat it out versus Kentucky. Uh, but then mm-hmm. you get, uh, but then you get a bunch of injuries, which kind of uh, uh, yeah. Let's the jump on that. Bit. Let's jump on that right off the bat because I think that's where mo- you know, most fans' minds lay right now. It is it is North Texas, so um, you know I think the biggest thought going into this game is well, who's actually going to be playing in it? Who's sitting out? And how serious are these injuries? We'll start with the guy that had a big game last week, and that was Antonio Callaway. What's the status on him right now as it pertains to this game? Uh, quad injury with, with Antonio, and it, it seems like Mac uh, Mac keeps saying doubtful. Um, mm. I was told not something that is, is serious. If it was uh, SEC championship, if it was Tennessee, something that he could play through, um, but it also something that could easily be aggravated and made worse. Um, so might is it, just so be held if out he's this held week out, as, is it more precautionary you think uh, because Tennessee next week or is it you know he really can't go? What, what's your what's your feeling on that? I I would say that it, I don't think you would see him on the sideline in street clothes, but mm-hmm. he might be on the sideline in pads uh, as a, a coach's decision. Did not play, Can you do that to Callaway? Know. Can you dress the guy up and then not put him in the game? It's almost like <laughs> you might have you know, to hide his putting helmet. cake in front of a fat guy. No, I can't do that. <laughs> you might have to hide his helmet or have a, a trainer unscrew the face mask. Um, yeah. But it, it, it might be a situation where he's on the sidelines, dressed out, and if you have a, a, a UMass situation where it's mm-hmm. a three-point game 45 minutes in, hey, 81, how's that, how's that quad field? Do you want to jump in there? Right, right. You bring him out um, of the bullpen but, to play some music, and he goes for an 80-yard bomb, I, I guess. Something yeah. like that, I guess. Who else is yeah, hurt that we need to worry about? Out of the pen. 
Uh, Tyree Cleveland is not going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and starting he just to hasn't been able to get right, um, you know, with, between exactly. injuries and, you know, foolishness, just hadn't been able to get on the field. I know Florida fans want to see this guy out there. Uh, yeah, I'm getting questions about when he's going to start, uh, which I'm not <laughs> sure why. <laughs> uh, yeah, fans. But, uh, yeah, that's a fan. He's five stars, so he should be starting. There uh, you go. But he'll be out with a hamstring injury. That's kind of uh, been lingering. Uh, the biggest one to me, though, is going to be Tyler Jordan, starting right guard. Um, Tyler broke his orbital bone uh, about oh, wow. a year and a half ago. Um, and and because of that, he actually has this, uh, a rare cyst has formed behind his mm-hmm. eye. It's starting to affect his vision. So he's having surgery on that today. Um, and he's going to be out a couple weeks. I was going to say, it sounds like so now, that's going to be, uh, going to be yeah. a, a so little while. Now we're not talking about, now you're not talking about just missing North Texas. You're talking about missing next week on the road at Tennessee. Um, so Richard Desir Jones from St. Thomas, who played in his first game ever last week, will get the start mm-hmm. at right guard. To me, for a unit that's already struggling a little bit, have a better game against Kentucky, but a, a unit that's still gelling, still meshing, to take out a starter and put in a player who's played one game, and now you try to figure uh, something else out with Brandon Sandifier, uh, with Nick Buchanan. To me, that might be the biggest loss, uh, even if you throw Antonio Callaway in and say he might not be playing. Yeah. Um, well, you know, if uh, a flip side of this, too, is maybe it's a chance for you to build a little depth along that you mm-hmm. know, offensive line. You get guys get in there and, and get a little game experience just, just in the case that something else comes up down the way and you need to get guys in there all right let's talk about this opponent here uh folks weren't all too impressed week one we talked about that last week with uh you know florida's 24 7 win in in that contest uh, expected a whole lot more then you get what you wanted last week a happy time for everyone blowouts bombs picks all that good stuff going on uh, what do you suspect is going to happen here? Is Florida going to be thinking ahead to Tennessee, or are they going to want to build a little bit of momentum now off of that big Kentucky win? Yeah, you, you know, it's human nature. It's human nature to say, uh, you know, the mean green of North Texas isn't that mean. Uh, we can probably just show up and roll the helmets out there and then, and then move on to next week. But I think, uh, or at least the, the team is saying, that they got that wake-up call week one with UMass. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to, to a man, everyone I've talked to has said uh, that was enough for us to, to show mm-hmm. up week one and, and to go through a game like that. That showed us that we can't just, we can't just show up. We're not going to just walk onto a field and win a game because we're the Florida Gators. Um, so they're saying the right things. To me, it, it, it's still tough. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a this is a, a not a good not a good North Texas team you're playing, um, mm-hmm. and there isn't a player in that locker room that doesn't have and that hasn't had this Tennessee game circled on their calendar uh, or or earmarked noted in their phone. Um, everybody knows that Tennessee is coming up, so it'll be interesting to me. It'll be interesting to me. Um, I think Jim McElwain's really tried to hammer that in this week. Uh, about setting the standard, and, and he keeps mentioning how Florida historically has these letdown weeks and, and right. these letdown games. So I think that's I think he's really trying to hammer that in um, because it, it is human nature. And if Florida did come out 
slow, you couldn't blame them. It's North Texas. You have Tennessee next week. Uh, it's it's natural to look ahead to that. And I think that's what Jim Ackwin's really trying to battle and combat this week. So why don't we why don't we do this then? Um, because we're you know we're short on time. But let's 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 talk. Let's talk something crazy. If North Texas was going to pull off the upset on Florida, what would be the three ways in which that would happen? What would be the three things North Texas did to pull that off? Uh, uh, They'd have to create turnovers. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to stop the run, which they really haven't done yet. Um, North uh, North Texas is giving up five and a half yards of carry. Um, So you're going to have to create turnovers, stop the run, uh, and probably get something on, on special teams. There's, it, it, it's it's kind of a David Goliath thing, so you're gonna have to get a little bit of everything to go the right way. Um, but you know, kind of like UMass, if, if you let a team who doesn't think that they should be in the game, if you let them hang around, confidence starts to build. Um, so sure. if Florida lets North Texas hang around, then you know all of a sudden, uh, you know, a, a fumble in the fourth quarter turns into a huge deal, other, or you know, more than just. Uh, Somebody yelled at in the film room later. Yeah, I think uh, this game will will probably show the maturity of this uh, Florida football mm-hmm. team. I, you know, they shouldn't lose to North Texas, but just how they go about handling this game off of the big win and ahead of Tennessee will show a little, you know, quite a bit on the maturity. And I'll be right there to see how this all goes down. Well, Nick, as always, man, uh, appreciate you coming on talking Gators football here with us on the Gridiron Stud Show. Thanks, Chad. All right. That is Nick Delatore from GatorCountry.com. Uh, some of the best, if not the best, Gator Florida Gators football coverage on the internet. Um, you know, I'm not just talking about football. All of the sports there for the Florida Gators. GatorCountry.com. Go ahead, check them out. Uh, best place to go for not only um, just coverage and stories on it, but also great pictures after the game too. If you're into that stuff. Well, listen, we talk Gators. Now we got to talk Florida State. And they've got a big one coming up this week. They're taking on Louisville, and uh, it would seem to be the early Heisman favorite coming out of nowhere. Lamar, uh, I'm going to get in the end zone every series, Jackson. Um, and that's what Florida State's defense is going to have to deal with. And they're going to do it shorthanded uh, on the on the worst side of the ball that they could have these um, deficiencies, and that is uh, on the defensive side, losing Derwin James, their best defensive player, Josh Wett. Um, a really great pass rusher for them. So I've got Safid Dean on with me. He's the beat writer for the Florida State Seminoles for the Orlando Sentinel. And he's in an Uber right now with a nice little Uber commercial, man. We're going to try and do this thing, Safid. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm actually waiting for the Uber to come pick me up, so I might have to drop this call, but uh, we'll make this happen, man. Man, this might be a bad Uber commercial if you're sitting there waiting too long. But nevertheless, let's jump into this thing, and we got to talk about the biggest story here. No Derwin James, no Josh Sweat. Can they stop Lamar Jackson from running around and sealing, sealing the Heisman in uh, week three of college football? Uh, without those two guys, it's going to be a really tough time, man. Those two guys are, uh, if not the best, two of the best uh, pass rushers on that defense. You know, Derwin James, for his meniscus earlier, uh, last week, excuse me, had surgery on Monday. Should be out five to seven weeks. I would put him maybe even out of the Clemson game. That That's the end of that seven-week time period. You know, he's arguably their best defender. He, he can um, cover everywhere, all over the secondary. He even does some pass rushing things for them as well. And then there's Josh Sweat news that just came out yesterday and, and today 
Um, you know, you don't know how much he's going to be able to play. Supposedly he did hurt his knee that he re- that he uh, hurt in high school. He uh, dislocated it and tore an ACL in high school. So mm-hmm. I think maybe uh, they, they kept him back as a precaution. But, uh, it was, you know, it's definitely not going to be a, a tough task. It's definitely going to be an easy task. Uh, well, it's Florida. It's you know, Safed. It's Florida State. Um, few teams, if any, few programs, if any, have recruited better than Florida State over the last three, four, or five years. Basically, under Jimbo Fisher. So that means there's got to be someone big time waiting in the wings for both of these guys. So talk to us about the replacements, both for Duran James and for Josh Sweat, and what what you think they're going to be able to do in this game. Well, uh, for Derwin James, is going to be A.J. Westbrook, the kid out of, uh, I believe, the, the Jacksonville area. Daytona Beach, excuse me. Um, four-star safety, one of the top 20 safeties in the country. Um, you know, Florida State has really high hopes for him, but I think uh, one person that you're going to see a lot of on Saturday is somebody you're familiar with, uh, Chad, and uh, Brian Burns. Sure. Uh, from American Heritage, the five-star DE. Um, he got his first action last week um, against Charleston Southern. Uh, led the team in tackles, five tackles, got some tackles for losses as well. You know, he's a real young prospect. He's going to take some time to flourish in Florida State's defense, but uh, he'll get a first nice test on the road, that's for sure. Yeah, now is he is he going to be starting in place of Josh Sweat, or is he just going to play a heck of a lot more now that Sweat is not in this contest? He's definitely going to play a heck of a lot more. Another guy that's going to probably play a little bit is uh, junior uh, Jacob Pugh. He's a guy that, um, you know, was really coming to his own the first two games of the season. And, um, you know, he's a guy that uh, – Rush the passer. He comes in off uh, off the linebacker edge there, and uh, he's really explosive. He's really taken to uh, Brad Lyons teaching and and done, you know, some of the things that all those other defensive ends like Demarcus Walker has done uh, this year and, and last season under uh, Brad Lyons teaching. Huh? Sure. Um, yeah. So definitely, you know, two areas to really pay attention to. Listen, all the talk for Louisville has been about Lamar Jackson. Um, you've been uh, on top of this thing this week. What else do Florida State fans have to worry about other than the, you know, illustrious um, high-profile quarterback? I'd have to say receiver James Quick, man. I think, uh, you know, he scored a 72-yard bomb last week against Syracuse. Uh, against Florida State last year, he scored three touchdowns. You know, he's a big, typical receiver that, you know, could, uh, you know, get some eyes from the NFL, just like, you know, some guys like Devontae Parker, you know, Louisville had a couple of years ago. Um, you know, this Louisville team, man, they do a great job recruiting, as you know, I mean, throughout the state of Florida, throughout the country as well. You know, two years ago, 2014, in that uh, uh, that game, Florida State came back from 21 points. You know, there's 21 draft picks on the field, you know, 11 at Florida State and 10 at Louisville. Um, if, you know, Louisville's not going to stop recruiting guys like that. So be assured, you know, they're, they're, Florida State is definitely in for, you know, the biggest challenge of their early season, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt about that. All the talk, like I said, has been about Lamar Jackson. But prior to Lamar Jackson stepping on um, as the quarterback at Louisville, it was really a lot about, you know, defense. They did have a Thorpe winner, uh, uh, Thorpe Award winner there uh, a couple years ago at Louisville, and they've really gotten after people defensively. Are things the same defensively for Louisville this year as they have been in years past? Well, I would say it's always – there's not really a drop-off there with that defense. Uh, you know, Bobby Trino's team – has always been one of the notorious, you know, defenses in the ACC and then definitely across the country, too. The talent is always across the board there. Um, their stout defensive line, you know, you got guys in the secondary, too, that are able to slow down Florida State's receivers. And I think the big thing, you know, going into this game is, you know, outside of Dalvin Cook and, and uh, DeAndre Francois, you know, outside of Travis Rudolph, too, you know, FSU's receivers are not really that proven. Um, you know, Louisville's defense could definitely take part of that and take advantage of that. Uh, but slowing Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Francois is not going to be an easy task. You know, those two guys, they've uh, 
really got into uh, some play-action mixes there and really developed that offense for Francois to flourish. And I think this is the first game that Dalvin Cook really has his real, you know, Heisman breakout moment. He's been kind of quiet the first two games, although he did have 100 yards receiving in the opener against Ole Miss. Um, I think this is his first, uh, you know, I think this is his first real test uh, and first real chance to show the country that uh, he means business with his Heisman campaign this year. Yeah, I think, though, uh, Louisville, if they're as tough on defense as they've been in the in years past, I think they're going to really get after Dalvin and see if the young quarterback, DeAndre Francois, can beat them with their arm. Um, I think that's going to be the blueprint here. So it's going to be a little tough, I think, for Dalvin to find running room, at least early on in this football game. Well, you're the beat writer. I'm not going to ask you to make a prediction on this game, but for Florida State fans listening to the show, how worried should they be about this game? Uh Oh, they should be very worried. I mean, not only is it, you know, Lamar Jackson is getting a lot of hype around this team because of the top ten, you know, and, and now they're top ten for a reason. But uh, Florida State fans should be definitely worried, especially with this news about this defense. I mean, you know, Derwin James is not a, an encouraging sign. You don't know how much Josh Wood is going to play. And it's really, uh, you know, it's really going to, um, you know, really test this young defense and test, you know, the rest of the depth on this team. You know, Florida State has done a great job recruiting the last couple of years, four and five star talent across the board. You know, some of these guys just need to wait their turn until they play, and now it's their turn, you know. And, and uh, you hope that they're prepared. Uh, Florida State fans hope that they're prepared um, for their, uh, you know, the biggest showdown early this season, man. Because not only do you have this game, you got games against Miami, you got games against Clemson, uh, later down the road, Florida. You hope to reach ACC title game wherever that's being played. And, and uh, you know, the goal this season is the college football playoff. And if he's not healthy or doesn't have the depth behind it, um, you know, those uh, chances are going to look real bleak. Got it. Well, Safid, sounds like Uber showed up for you, so not a bad commercial, man, but I really appreciate you taking the time out in the midst of your ride to the airport to go watch this big matchup between Louisville and FSU to come on and talk with us. Greatly appreciate that. Thank you very much. Hey, man, anything for you, bro. Tell family to say what's up. All right, I will will do. Thank you very much. That's Safid Dean, uh, beat writer for the Florida State Seminoles for the Orlando Sentinel coming on and talking Florida State football. We're going to take a break when we get back, talking Miami Hurricanes football and their matchup against Appalachian State. Stay with us. We'll be right back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. yourself set up for the weekend. Well, the Gridiron Stud Show is the place to be. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. and get the best picks in college and NFL football from Chad Wilson and Emil Calamino. They'll break it down for you, give you a little analysis and a little intelligence. You could do that or you could do this and listen to this. Hey, call me now. I've got the tub planes for the entire weekend. Call me now on a recorded message that will give you free the Jets versus the Bills, the Lions versus the Cowboys, and the Eagles versus the Bucks. Call me now. I've got winners for you the entire weekend. Absolutely free. 1-800-238-I-WIN. 1-800-238-I-WIN. I've got all the inside info from all the casinos. That are those tickets. Call me free. I've got all the winners. Give them to me. I got them to you. You get them. You got them. I got them. We all got them. No need for that foolishness. Gridiron Stud Show. Every Friday, 10 a.m., Chad Wilson, Abel Calamino give you their top picks in college and NFL, and we win without all the foolishness. No spitting, no yelling. Top plays every week. Tune in every Friday, 10 a.m., Gridiron Stud Show, Blog Talk Radio, hosted by Chad Wilson and Abel Calamino. See you there.
Are you a property owner or want to be one, but you don't have time for property management? Then get an MVP on your team. Who has time for the letting process, for arranging inventories and organizing pre-tenancy cleaning, dealing with deposit negotiation and negotiating with service suppliers and maintenance? No one's got time for that. MVP does, though. Get this MVP on your team. You can rely on MVP property management to offer you an extreme amount of quality and professional services for your money. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a professionalized service to each and every one of their clients. So how do you get this MVP on your team? It's simple. Pick up the phone and call right now. 844-696-8722. That's 844-MY-MVP-CC. Or send an email to info at mymvp.cc. Get this MVP on your team and start winning today. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! WrestleMania 3 at the Silver Dome in Pontiac, Michigan. It's a day that I'm certain my guests at this time will not forget. I'm talking about the former Intercontinental Champion of the World, Macho Man nothing Randy. Means nothing. 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 nothing means nothing. Man. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? Ooh, I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream will rise to the top for oh, yeah. Macho Madness, yeah, has got more to offer than President Jack Tunney thinks that I got. Yeah, and I'll tell you something right now. Cards stacked against the Macho Man Randy Savage in WrestleMania 3. Yeah, let me say it, yeah. Let me say it out. Loud. And let me point to the president of the World Wrestling Federation, the Macho Man Randy Savage, is not happy with your decision. Yeah, I am the cream in the World Wrestling Federation. Wait, wait a minute, and there is no doubt about it. Yeah, you mean Gene Oakland. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Oh. Wait, wait a minute, though, Randy. I've got to ask you very seriously. Do you blame Mr. Jack Tunney, the distinguished president of the World Wrestling Federation, for Ricky Steamboat being the Intercontinental Champion today? Yeah, I do, yeah. Outside interference, yeah. In my moment of glory! Yeah, no, I'm living a nightmare. And I am the cream. And now, not only the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship belt must fall, 
with the World Heavyweight Championship belt. Because Hulk Hogan, yeah, I am the cream, yeah. here 10 minutes to high noon on a football friday edition of the gridiron stud show man that was the late great randy macho man savage talking about he's the cream of the crop and that's exactly how the university of miami is going to be thinking of themselves as they head into the rock as that stadium's called in boone north carolina this saturday high noon high noon as the university of miami takes on Appalachian State, and by now everyone knows what Appalachian State did way back when, I believe it was 2007, went into the big house and upset Michigan and uh, really put the program on the map. They almost pulled it off again a couple weeks ago when they went out to Knoxville and uh, got on a little back and forth and took Tennessee to overtime. Do they have it in them to pull off the upset here? A lot of big things at play here. First of all, it's very rare that you see a program with a stature like the University of Miami heading out to play on the road in a game like this. Typically, when you're at a mid-major school, uh, when you have a Power 5 playing a mid-major, it is the mid-major getting paid to come to the home of the Power 5 team and playing that game in that bigger, larger stadium. Uh, As it stands right now, the Appalachian State, the Rock Stadium, really only holds, uh, I want to say, about 24,000 comfortably. That's how that's supposed to work. Uh, the capacity seating there is 24,050 on a normal uh, home Saturday game for Appalachian State. Uh, people are expecting 35,000 there in Boone, North Carolina for this contest that will easily beat the uh, previous school record that they've had around 31,531. So they're going to be opening up some new seating, doing some things there to pack people in. And you know what? It is Appalachian State, but folks, this atmosphere in this game Um, rare as it is, is going to be absolutely rocking in favor of Appalachian State. So though it's only going to be, you know, 35,000 people, um, it's going to be a very pro-App State crowd. Um, There are going to be some elements to deal with there. I expect them to be completely liquored up and uh, rooting and cheering real hard for App State, who is a legitimate football team. So, again, as I, you know, I'm going to mention this again because I talked about it in the opener with Emil when we started the show. You've got uh, some anti-Miami folks out there that are kind of getting on Miami fans for being a little bit nervous about a game against App State. Well, listen, look, I don't know who you are and who your team is or what your alma mater is, uh, chances are, if your alma mater got into a battle with App State, it's it's going to be a damn good football game. You know, unless you're Alabama or Ohio State or someone like that, um, you're probably looking at a damn good football game that you got a chance to lose. App State is a good, solid football program. I did happen to watch that game against Tennessee. They play very well on defense. Um, they have a very efficient offense, and they've got a quarterback that knows how to run it. So you could sit here and say all these things that you want to say, but uh app state solid football um and you know god forbid if miami were to lose this game or need a late touchdown or field goal to win it you know the folks are going to talk crazy but whatever the case may be uh app state more than likely can beat your damn school so first of all let's just start there then how did this game even happen to take place in boone north carolina i think that's what you know a lot of people want to talk about here you know app state uh trying to do big things you know they did get 
they did catch a measure of, uh, you know, notoriety again after beating Michigan several years ago, and they wanted to recapture some of that. And what better way to do that than to get a big game like this to come to Boone, North Carolina. So what they did in their athletic department was pretty much get on there and start making some, some cold calls. And in so doing, they realized that Miami was a team that seemed to um, be okay with scheduling games with uh, mid-majors and uh, might be willing to do a home-and-home. And sure enough, they called and spoke to athletic director Blake James and got this thing hooked up in return now. Um, you know, you don't get something for nothing. Appalachian State's going to have to go and travel to Miami. But that won't be until September 11th in 2021. Nevertheless, this game is happening. I think it's good for Appalachian State. Uh, we'll, I'll reserve judgment as to whether it's great for college football. We'll have to see how this thing turns out. But on the field, Appalachian State picked themselves up quite fine last week after you know losing that opener to Tennessee. They didn't allow themselves to stay too much down in the dumps. They had a lead late in this game and ended up giving it up, you know, sending the thing into overtime. For a lot of mid-major programs, that would keep them down for the next week. Not Appalachian State did come back home, and they were pretty dominant against Old Dominion, winning that game 31-7. to Old Dominion, not a bad football program. Appalachian State went out and handled them quite nicely. So you have an Appalachian State team that went on the road to Knoxville, took on a tough Tennessee team, so they're battle-tested. They've also experienced some adversity uh, by losing that game and coming back home and then responding to that adversity. So I think you've got a pretty good Appalachian State football team here. Miami's only a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this contest. That makes people nervous. That's brought out some people with some things to say about it. The line may be properly set. I probably would have put Miami at six because at the end of the day, for all of the things that I'm saying, Miami's the more talented football team. Um, there's no doubt about that. My concern for Miami in this contest is just that you've not really played a solid enough opponent. You know, Florida A&M were one of the worst teams in Division One football last year. You went out, you did handle your business in a way that, you know, had been rare over the last few years for the University of Miami. Games against a FAMU um, left people with a bad taste in their mouth. Yeah, Miami would win those games, but it would There'd be something going on in the contest that left people scratching their head, you know, whether that be you only score 30-something points against the FAMU or you give up a couple touchdowns against the FAMU, something like that would go on. That was not the case in the opener for Mark Rick. Went out, smashed FAMU like you're supposed to, 70-3. to So that leaves you impressed. Then you come back the next week, and you have some problems throwing the ball against Florida Atlantic. Um, you know, you had, some, you had an aggressive secondary by Florida Atlantic, and it caused some problems for Brad Kaya. Didn't look good on in the passing game. He was 17 of 31 in the contest, um, threw two interceptions. So that was a little bit of a concern. What's not a concern right now for the University of Miami is their running game. Following up a game against FAMU in which they had three running backs go over 100 yards, and they were well into the 300s in terms of total rushing yards in the game, they followed that back up with another solid game on the ground. Mark Walton goes for 155 yards on just 17 carries. He looks like he's going to be the workhorse uh, and the big deal in the backfield <clears throat> Excuse me for the University of Miami. Joe Yerby also goes over 100 yards. He has 121 yards on just 20 carries. He, too, scores a touchdown. So you get five rushing touchdowns from the University of Miami in their game against Appalachian State. At the end of the day, I watched that Tennessee-Appalachian State game and uh, while Appalachian State didn't get gashed, uh, so to speak, in that contest against Tennessee, 
Um, they did look like they were having a little bit of trouble with the rushing game at a certain point there. Tennessee um, did a get 110 yards out of uh, Jalen Hurd in that contest, 28 carries, 110 yards. So, they, you know, not overwhelming, but I happen to think at this point in time right now, and this you know, we'll find out more in this game, I think Miami has the better rushing game right now if you're just talking about a pure running game. Josh Dobbs out of it. I think Miami has a better rushing game than Tennessee. So I think that's where the game's going to be won and lost. If the University of Miami can come out and continue to run the, the ball in the way that they've been able to do so in these first couple of games, I think it sets things up rather nicely for some play-action passing. Uh, maybe App State has to drop an extra guy in the box so you get some one-on-one matchups outside. I think early on in the game, App State might be reluctant to do that, knowing that you do have a Brad Kaya back there. Yeah, he struggled last week, but it is still Brad Kaya, um, who many regard as a high draft pick in uh, in the next draft coming up. And he does have weapons outside in a Stacey Coley and some others that he can get the ball to and can hurt you badly. So App State can't really load that box up early. I think early on, Miami can get something going in their running game with both Mark Walton and Joe Yerby. And after they've totally established that and continue to move the sticks with both of those guys, then I think you start to get some of those one-on-one matchups. And it's going to be important for Miami to take advantage uh, of those one-on-one matchups when they do get them because I just don't feel in the secondary App State can afford to blitz too much or leave their corners on an island against the athletes that Miami can put out at the wide receiver position. Miami's been a whole lot better defensively than they have. That's been the big drink of water that everyone's wanted to have. If you're a Miami Hurricanes fan, play better defensively. That's been the, that's, you know, been the MO that's been the history of the university of Miami is play defense. When all else fails, if the running game's not going, if you can't, pass the ball around the way that you want to. Miami's always played defense. Didn't really do that under Al Golden. In these first couple of games here, it seems like that's been brought back to the University of Miami. They can go out there against Appalachian State and play defense the way they have looked like they can play defense in those first two games, and Miami will comfortably win the game and cover three and a half points in this contest. You start having trouble with some of the things that Appalachian State does, and the challenge for Miami is some of the misdirection and the efficiency, and just, you know, there's some good play calling there for App State. There's some good schemes and concepts, and it kind of force you to play some assignment football. If you're lax anywhere on that, then, you know, Appalachian State's going to get some first downs. They're going to find their way into scoring position, and they'll score touchdowns and get field goals and make this game interesting. All in all, I think this is going to be an interesting football game, at least early on. I think there'll be some back and forth. I think the atmosphere is going to really push Appalachian State early on in this game. But at the end of the day, folks, and I'm not big into making predictions for the University of Miami, I just think there's going to be too many athletes for the University of Miami in this football game. And I could see this thing ending up with a couple of late scores for Miami, ending up being 30-17 to 17, uh, in favor of the University of Miami, who just you know doesn't need to find themselves in too much of a battle at the end of this game against Appalachian State. So I'm going to lean in that direction for it. That's what I have on it. I'm looking forward next week to having the University of Miami uh, representative here for me to talk on and wasn't able to get that today but uh i stood in how about that i jumped in there on it today and um you know we'll have to see how this game goes high noon boone north carolina the rock 
is where the University of Miami will be taking on Appalachian State. I hope all of you get a chance to tune into that. Back to squad, they're looking like uh, some good things going on there for the University of Miami. So looking forward to seeing how things go in that one. Well, listen, we've reached the end of another great Football Friday edition. We jammed it all in there today, man. Who could say they did more in two hours than we did? Uh, You had your college football previews, college football picks, NFL picks, fantasy football focus. We talked Gators football. We talked Florida State football. We talked high school football with Joshua Wilson. And I ended it all with a little University of Miami talk as they head to uh, North Carolina to take on Appalachian State. Man, that's what you call a full day and a full show. So I'm going to take off now. I'm going to enjoy my weekend. I hope you do the same. Thank you for listening. Thank you for making this a featured show on blogtalkradio.com. For Emil Calamine on all of my guests on the Good Iron Studs show today. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you guys on Monday. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen.